And good morning again, everybody. Wow, that was a really enthusiastic <laughs> folks watching on Facebook. Let's try. There's really more than two of us here, I promise you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Much better. All right. Much better. Good to see you again. Good to see everybody out this morning. Uh, if you want to go ahead, Mark 321 in your hymnals, we'll use that as our hymn of invitation uh, this morning. And certainly it's a pleasure to be here. Always good to see everyone here. Good to have you logging into Facebook and those that will be watching on YouTube a little bit later. Uh, as you know, this is the first Sunday of the year, and traditionally we've used that in the past a few years to do our State of the Congregation uh, address. Uh, we do have a couple of, well, Tony's not able to be here, so I'll try to, to, to fill in a little bit about what uh, changes have been made on that, but Harold and, and Ernie uh, will be here to speak, and so we'll have that, and I'll have a little bit to, to go over with you as well. So uh, we'll just go ahead and get started. If you would help me, make welcome uh, uh, Brother Harold Bales, the elder here at the church, and uh, help him. Look, it's not going to be very long. Uh, I just want to thank the people because everything that we've done here has been because of the support of the people, your work, your giving, your love for one another. It's all that has made this congregation what it's been. Uh, Charlie and I were in town the other day, Redford or Kroger, one we met this man, and I don't know just exactly what, but uh, anyhow, we had a short conversation with him, and I'm thinking he was from Argentina. And he said to us, he said, you know, we have a hard time preaching the gospel in Argentina. I reckon the people are just so hardened, they will not listen, and maybe giving them problems even feeling safe to preach the gospel. We didn't have a long, long conversation with them, and that's about all we had. So I'm thankful that here we still can freely preach. Not everybody agrees with it, not everybody believes it, but thanks be to God that we still have a land that allows us to have freedom of worship. I just want to do something that I ordinarily don't try to do. I want to thank a lot of people. And I'm going to call out some names and listen. If I missed your names, forgive me because I know that each and every one here has worked. Uh, one of the first ones that I want to mention was one that was honored here last Sunday. That was Sue Ann. I've watched Sue Ann get up and come to that piano to play and say, we'll see you back next Sunday. She was so feeble, but still was determined. And Chris, you got here just in a good time and so thankful that you and Sue Ann were able to work together and work out this easy transition for you beginning to take a more effective part. And so thank you for that. Sharon and Virgil, David and Angie, Connie, want to thank all of you for what you've done over in the fellowship hall. I've had a lot of compliments on how much cleaner things were going, 
how much better the service is, and buddy, nobody's complained about the food, and I still think that when Rob eats someday, he's going to be the biggest preacher in our midst. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. That's all right. <laughs> Teachers. We've got teachers for the classes now, and I want to thank each and every one of them. Uh, Joe's know them, Donna, uh, uh, Tony, Chris, who else? Bernie, Lisa, and Brent. And, uh, and Brent, all those that are involved with the youth church, which let's remember them too, and thank you for them. Another thing that has made things so smooth and worked so good during this last several years, 15, 20 years maybe, um, is the cooperation among the board. Yeah, sometimes I think the Lord can do it one way, and Ernie, he's always contrary and wants to do it another way. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, we just, we agree to work together for the betterment of our church and to spread the gospel throughout this area. So I want to thank Ernie and Tony and Randy for your efforts to put forth to make this a better church. And another one I don't forget is Brother Rob. He's been here, what, about 13 years now? At least that. And uh, we've had good fellowship, good preaching. I just challenge about anybody, anybody bring a better message than Brother Rob has brought. I've never heard him bring one that I wanted to say, God, what in the world was wrong with you? That's all wrong. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I'll tell you, I've been in and brought the tears when did that happen. Another lady I'd like to mention sounds a little different from the ones I missed is Nadine Fields. Dave your mother is a great lady. I don't know anybody that has gone through what that little lady has gone through in the last years and still praises the Lord. And don't blame him. She's never said, why me, Lord? Or nothing like that. But always praise. And listen, that shows the strength and the courage that we need. Now back to myself. I want to say that my motive for being here and doing what I do is not to praise. I'm thankful to God that I've been able to be here for about 80 years. And I, I'm thankful for that. But what I want to do is influence one person, one person at a time, to be more active, to become a Christian, and to do something. I don't need the praise. I don't want the praise. I'm thankful for what was done for me last Sunday, but listen, I wasn't working for that. I did not expect that, but thank you anyhow. Carolyn, we've been married and been together for 62 years. She's been my strength and courage through everything that we've been through, and she's a wonderful, wonderful, I, you didn't expect me to say something different, did you? <laughs> been a wonderful help to me. My mother always talked about being a help meet, and I think that's a Bible term if I'm not mistaken, but my mother used that word all the time. So Carolyn has really been 
my back mountain. Not only Charlie, but many of you here at church have prayed, let me, let me say praise, have thanked me and encouraged me to continue to be steadfast to the Lord. I just want to thank the people without you, without your support and encouragement we wouldn't be where we're at today. My friend Cleveland Thorpe that passed away just recently he had to say him whenever you'd ask him how you doing he'd say, I'd say Cleveland how you doing? He said buddy I'm doing so good I need to get somebody to help me enjoy it. Let's tell people how good we've got here and we'd like to get them to, to be here and help us enjoy it. I want to thank you and look forward to many more years for us to work labor for the Lord here today. Thank you. Let's see, Brother Ernie, you'll be up next. Brother Ernie serves as our deacons, also works as our treasurer, he and Lisa both, so let's give him a little round of applause. Let him know how much we appreciate it. Thanks to you all and everything y'all done this year, we were able to uh, fill 300 of the Operation Christmas shop boxes. And a lot of people were involved in that, bringing stuff, donating stuff, donating the, uh, the postage and everything. And thank you all for that. And because of your generosity, we were able to do that. And uh, we were able to support 12 children off the Angel Tree at the Kiwi School and uh, again, that that's, uh, speaks, speaks well of the church and the people and your willingness to give and to help. And um, also, we support three main missions, the AA Pregnancy Center, which Chris is involved in, uh, the campus ministry with Josh Phelps, and also the camp. And these are all life-saving and soul-saving missions. And very, very important. Not only to our community, but to our county, to our state, that uh, we have people willing to step up, willing to help, and do that. And uh, Chris is very involved in that. And uh, just what she said this morning, and lives have been saved, and other things that have been done is, is wonderful. Uh, and the campus ministry is important in that uh, you get a lot of people anymore. We expect people to know about Jesus Christ. They don't. We've got two and three generations of people that haven't been to church and know nothing about Jesus Christ. So it is important to have someone there to spread the word to these young people that are coming into college that have never been exposed to it and know little about it. And uh, it's something that we need to remember. Don't take for granted that someone just knows. Uh, there's people that comes to church sometimes that don't under, they don't know about community. And uh, so, you know, it's not, it's just we, people have gotten away from it. And uh, uh, communities have changed and stuff, and, and uh, there's not that great commitment to church anymore. We need church families. We need people here, uh, not just for us, but for you also. If you're here this morning and you don't have a church home, we would love to have you here and be a part of this and participate with us and uh, be a part of Jesus Christ. And uh, the mission... Uh, 
here is to, to win those to Jesus Christ. That's our most important thing to do. And uh, in Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do it heartily as to the Lord, not unto men. Amen. And uh, that's something that we need to think about and we need to be doing. And, uh, you know, over the years, uh, my family is important to me, but, but just as important to my family is my church family here at Lowe's Grove. And uh, I've, you know, I thought time or two, uh, during rough places, I thought, when this is over and we get through this, I'm going to go to church somewhere else. But that didn't happen. I always come back. And uh, Ezekiel said one day about uh, my church. He's seven years old. He said that before he was seven. He said, my church. Go to my church. And uh, it's very important. It's important that a child knows that. It's important that we know that. And not that we just come here uh, to, to socialize or whatever, but that we come here and we share each other's problems. We share the word of Jesus Christ. We love each other. And uh, when you've been laid up uh, for a little while, uh, you know, you appreciate people coming to your house and uh, doing things for you and helping you out. And that's what a church family does. Not just a blood family, but a church family. And they take care of each other, and that's a blessing. And I've uh, received that. I hope I've reciprocated that, too. But it is, it is just very important that you have a church family. It's important that you be in church. It's important that your children are in church to raise them up generation after generation. Because, we, you know, there's a lot of things that draw us away. COVID got us relaxed and staying at home and not, you know, it's easy to say, well, I watched on TV or whatever, but you need to be more than that. And if you can't be here, Facebook and all this is, is a wonderful thing to get the message out there. But it's better if you can, I mean, it's good that you have a hands-on church family. So, but thank you all for your support. The church is financially is in good shape. We've been able to make, uh, uh, because of you all, have been able to make and support these missions, like I said. But it, it's, I just appreciate each and every one of you so much for what you do. And not only for that, but your love for each other and caring and uh, for everybody here that participates and does for, for our church. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you both, Harold and Ernie, and, and uh, then we will thank also myself, I want to thank uh, Tony and, and Randy for their service uh, on the board as well, and, and hope Tony gets to feeling better again, because I know you folks don't want to hear me sing anymore uh, as well, so uh, certainly let's, let's pray for Tony's speedy recovery uh, on that. Uh, again, good morning, and this will be my part of the State of the Congregation address, and we're going to... We're going to talk a, a little bit, and, and I, as I was uh, uh, noticing what scripture was used for our opening scripture, the things that Harold had said, the things that Ernie had said, I thought, thank you, Lord, for setting all of it up, because that's what it was. It was God, and I didn't, like I said, I'll say this again, and I don't care a bit to acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit and, and the work of the Lord. I didn't tell, I asked God what to put down for the opening scripture. I didn't ask Harold or Ernie what to say. 
But what they said and what we read goes right along, and it really is the perfect segue to what I want to say this morning in my congregational uh, speech as we do it each year. Of course, we're one year out of New Year's, or one week rather, out of New Year's resolutions. Some of us uh, are doing okay, some of us not so much, and some of us are saying better luck next year. To give you a little hope on that, I read an article about making changes in your life, and an interesting note was that people trying to make a change often give up because they have an early failure. They have an early failure, and they figure, because I failed early, there's no sense in pursuing my goal. Well, they found that the most successful people are determined even throughout an early failure or a failure midway. They continue to stay determined and press on toward their goal. Just because you have a failure uh, in a goal doesn't mean that you are a failure in that goal. Okay, so I encourage you to continue to move forward, even if you've you've had that failure, and if, even if uh, a resolution. And we don't like. Well, sometimes we don't like to use the word resolution, but but if your resolution has something to do with being in church or serving, and you even at this date, the seventh day of the year. Uh, had an early failure, don't be discouraged by that. Continue to move forward with your goals. As we begin this new year, I'd like to think about a couple things. And uh, these are things that's, like I said, it was opened up. We're post-pandemic, folks. Uh, yeah, COVID's still here. But so is the flu. And so is RSV. And so is strep. And so is whatever this crud that's going around right now that they haven't named. It's here too. Uh, looking back, aside from the sickness, obviously, and obviously the deaths that we experienced during the pandemic, I believe that the disengagement from the church and society is the greatest casualty we have seen from this pandemic that we went through. And that's what that's what these men were talking about, was the disengagement. Uh, I've got some quick figures for you. And, and I'm not, really, if you're here this morning, you're kind of going to get the preaching to the choir part. This is for the people that, and I, don't, and I say everything this morning out of love. I don't say it out of anger. I don't say it out of trying to make somebody feel bad. I don't, if you're here, if you're not here, whatever the case is, this is something the Lord put on my heart, and I am emboldened because of what went on before me getting up here. Okay. Every congregation has fallen <coughs> to this disengagement. In 1918, there was a Spanish flu epidemic. And in one year, 675,000 Americans died from this flu. And that is a greater casualty count than World War One, World War Two, Korea, and Vietnam combined. The COVID-19 pandemic, in three years, there has been a million, a little over a million that's drifted. Again, I'm not diminishing in any way, shape, form, or fashion COVID, or the flu, or RSV, or strep, or any sickness. 
But this disengagement because of all of the fear and the fear of the unknown that we went through through not only this community, this state, this country, this world has caused us to change our society and how we do things. So my encouragement this morning, my, my theme for this year and, and through this congregational address is to re-engage in 24. We must re-engage this year because of the obvious things. We've done a pretty good job of holding. We've held, holding the line. We've held attendance to near what it was before COVID, but not quite what it was before COVID. And that period of time caused so much disruption to our lives, our work, and our worship. I believe we kind of forgotten where we were before the lockdowns began. And this was a church that was growing prior to the lockdown. This is a church that averaged the upper 70s, lower 80s, and occasionally we would bump 90s before COVID came along. This is a church where we could expect 110, 120, and more on the Christmas and resurrection holiday. And as, as I go over these numbers, I want you to think about how post and after that, people have pulled back. We don't see that. Now, I acknowledge what Ernie said, Facebook, YouTube, great. It is great for people who are sick and not able to come to church. It is great for people who are unable to come to church because of their age or a disability or the ability to get to church. It is not great because you decided you wanted to sleep in 30 minutes more and I'll just catch it on Facebook. That is disengagement. That is disengagement that was unheard of prior to the pandemic. And that's what I want to encourage all of us to do. If we're guilty of that, if we're using that or have used that as an excuse, well, I can just watch it on Facebook. No, we need to be engaged together. Turn with me over to Luke chapter 12, verse 13 is where we'll begin. And it's talking about the parable of the rich fool. It says, on, And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man who made me a judge or a divider over you. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which is, he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thou soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. In this parable, Jesus teaching about a very important thing in our lives is that being prepared 
this man who this scripture refers to as a rich fool is preparing for his life but has no thought toward the preparation of eternity. And as it says in 21, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Well, that should be our goal is to be rich toward God in all things in our lives. To be rich toward God. It's okay to have stuff. I'm not knocking having stuff. But the stuff that you have should not exceed your desire of being rich toward God. <coughs> how we serve God and how we glorify Him. This man didn't know the source of his security. He thought it was the fact that he had good year harvest. I'm going to tear down these old barns and, and, fill, and fill more barns. And, and that way I'd have more stuff. He didn't understand the source of his power. He didn't understand what it meant to be connected. It'd be kind of like, now I like to eat, eat my little egg old waffles on the weekends. Saturday and Sunday every morning, I get up and, and fix me two of those delicious little delicacies. It'd be like me taking my frozen waffle and dropping it in the toaster and getting everything else prepared and never pushing that lever down or never plugging that toaster into the wall outlet. I could come back to that. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour later, and it will still be as cold as it was when I put it in there until I connect myself to the power source. When we have disengaged ourselves from not only society but from church, we have disengaged ourselves from the very source of power, the very source of support, and the very source of comfort and encouragement that God intended for us to have. We must re-engage. God is our power source. Acts chapter 2, we know about the beginning of the church. The start of the church. First day, there were some 3,000 new believers came to, to know Jesus as Savior. What happened after that? The church continued to grow and grow and grow, but it wasn't without problems, was it? No, they had problems. Just a, just a few. One that comes off the top of my head is Ananias and Sapphira. What happened there? Lied. Lied about how much they was going to give to the church and it cost them their life. And a little bit later on, we find out that there was a problem grumbling going on because the widows and orphans were not being attended to. So they had some troubles in the early church. Just like any congregation will have troubles of some varying sort. But they continued, the church continued to grow. We had troubles. We had troubles in this congregation, in this county, in this state, and in this nation. We had troubles from 2019 forward. We did not grow. We went backwards. And that's what I want us to realize, recognize, and understand. That's not the job of the church. We're not supposed to go backwards. We're supposed to move forward. Holding is not acceptable. No, that's what we've done, and I'm glad we've done it. Now it's time to move forward, to advance, and move forward. If in chapter 6 of, of Acts, verse 7, And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. The very ones that were persecuting the church became obedient to the faith, 
the gospel continued to grow. More people came to the knowledge of church, of, of the saving grace of Jesus Christ through the church. In spite of adversity, they continued to grow and push forward. The church grew. Now we have a great group of people here. And I am proud to serve and proud to be associated with this group. We have assembled, or there is assembled here, a group of people that have one thing in common, I think. Amongst all of us, as, as diverse as we are, we share a love of God and we share Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I'm proud of that. I wouldn't be associated otherwise. But we also have something else in this membership of people, this group of people. We have a broad range of age groups from, from teenagers up to 80s year olds. And we have a, a broad, well, we've got younger, obviously, than teenagers. We've got babies here. We've got older folks here. We've got everything in between here. We have preschoolers. We have elementary. We have middle school, high school, college age kids. In this congregation, we have teachers, farmers, bank employees, engineers, geologists, linemen, social workers, law enforcement, fire service, large group of veterans, people who've worked in manufacturing, insurance, construction, pool maintenance, petroleum, medical fields, cooks, dry goods, transportation, dog training, clerical, janitorial, mining, self-employment, service areas, homemakers. We got people who like to fish, we got people who like to hook. We've got folks that quilt. We've got folks that craft. We've got folks that do a variety of things. And why is he going over all this? Because there is, I would doubt very seriously that you could talk to someone out there about coming to church that wouldn't have something in common with at least one person here. That, well, I don't know that I would, I would really know anybody or feel comfortable with anybody. <laughs> it's just, we're just a snippet of America here. That's how diverse we are. We're just a snippet of Laurel County, Kentucky. We've got a little bit of everything, and all of them good people, fine people. We individually offer something, usually in an area somewhere somebody would understand. But together, together we offer a much broad range of experience and broader range of age groups. We are stronger together than we are singly. As a congregation, we're stronger. So we can invite someone with confidence that someone here would identify with them. We need to start inviting people to come to church again. But before they will come to church, they will have to see that church is important to us again. And I'm not saying that your relationship with God is not important to you. And I'm not saying that to those that are watching. By no means, that's not for me to judge. But all I'm asking you to do is to consider and acknowledge if I am right. Have you disengaged from what was normal in 2018? Have you disengaged, have you changed your life any differently than what you did before? Is church part of that? Is coming here to worship together part of that? 
Now, I acknowledge that this morning we, we didn't have Sunday school. We're not going to have church this afternoon because of all the illness in the community. But we're here now. And I, and I will go so far as to say this. As long as I am physically able, we will at a minimum have one church service on Sunday as long as I'm alive and as long as I'm here. Because I refuse to disengage from that ever again. And I hope that I can motivate you to re-engage, to make church, your service, your church family, coming here, serving God, encouraging other believers, the number one priority in your life again, aside from the things that society, that our society, that we've all engaged in. And I'm not sitting up here like I'm some kind of holier than thou, because we've all done it. This is a great group of people who I'm proud to be associated with. We've got lots of areas to serve in this congregation. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12. Paul writes this and says, For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. We are all important to this congregation. Everybody here, every member of this congregation is important. Many. Verse 14. The body is not one member, but many. Many different talents. 27 through 30. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular, and God has set some in the church. First as apostles, second prophets, teachers. And after that, miracles and gifts and healings, helps, governments, diversities, tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? No. We don't all do the same thing. We have something individually. So I want to bring to, to mind some things that we do and some things that we need to begin to do. We have three Sunday school teacher groups basically right now. And we have held. We have held around what? 25 average. We've hailed. That's great. I'm tickled to death that we've hailed. Why are we not growing? It's time to grow. We've hailed. We've held long enough. It's time to get out and engage and grow. Now, we need teachers. Now, we have teachers that's volunteered to, to teach the younger kids, and that's great. But guess what they've got to have before they can teach the first Sunday school lesson? you got to have your kids here for Sunday school. We got to start getting our church family back in engaged like it was before. We got to start having kids here before. Because listen, folks, like Ernie made mention, a couple of generations already that know nothing about Jesus Christ. Know nothing. That's what Josh uh, is facing up there. And all of the campus outreach and any kind of uh, outreach ministry on any college campus, they're facing kids that don't know nothing. They don't know the truth about Jesus Christ. Somewhere that started because they quit going to church somewhere way back because most likely they had a family member went to church one fall down. We've got to get our kids back into Sunday school. We've got to get ourselves back into Sunday school. We have people that are willing to teach. We just don't have a subject to teach them. So we need your kids. We need you, moms and dads. We need you, mamas and papas, aunts and uncles. We need you in Sunday school.
I remember looking at old tote boards way back when, and I'm not trying to say we're going to go back to 1950, but there was more people for Sunday school in this church than there was regular attendance for us right now. Double that sometimes for Sunday school. It's still as important today as it was then. Guess what? We have disengaged from it. It's no longer a priority to be here. That's what the world's taught us to do. So I want to encourage you to come out for Sunday school. It's the best, listen, the best time you can spend with your family, the best time that you can spend with your kids is family time. The best time that you can spend bonding with your children is in church. I don't care what society tells you. The best place for you to be on Sundays with your families, moms and dads, is in church. Thought I'd get an amen out of that. I'm going to try it one more time. <laughs> the best place, the best time that you can spend with your families is in church. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Speaking of which children's church, we currently have seven to eight people that are working with those groups, two groups, age groups. We've got room for you to, if you want to be part of that children's church. But guess what else we need? We need your kids in children's church. We need, they got to be here to be in church. Puppet ministry. Karen and Dan doing a great job. They've got four other people that's helping them with working the puppets. Guess what? She can make more puppets. If you want to be involved in that kind of a ministry, you got to be here. And guess what? you got to have kids here to enjoy that ministry that they're doing. Okay? So we got the puppet ministry. we got children's church. We've got Sunday school. We've got youth groups. Currently got two people are currently working with the youth group on Sunday nights. I remember we used to have all kinds of youth running around this place. We don't have the smaller group now. I am thankful for the small group that we have. But let's put an emphasis on being able to reach out to our young people. Because let me ask you, do you think that our young people today don't need guidance from the truth of the gospel? Or do you think it's okay just to let the world educate them with what we're seeing? Nursery. We have a nursery. It's used occasionally. It's used occasionally whenever a parent wants to take their child down. But... There's an opportunity. Maybe somebody says, well, listen, I'll go down. I'll take your child down into the nursery while you can stay up here. It's a thought. Someone that might want to do that. Vacation Bible School. Do a great job with Vacation Bible School. Teachers, helpers, secretary, refreshments, staff, games, arts, crafts. Those working over in the kitchen. Bus drivers, the director. Usually averaging about 50 a year for Vacation Bible School. You can see there that society is disengaging. You older folks, how many kids did we used to have running around here for vacation Bible school? Think about that. We don't see that today. Society is disengaging from church. Bus ministry. I can't remember the last time we ran that bus to go pick somebody up and bring to church. That's just being honest. Just being honest. Not that we don't have somebody that's willing to drive, because we do. We do. 
beyond our regulars, I'll say with Dennis, obviously. We picked Dennis up for obvious reasons. But we used to pick up kids and adults to bring them to church. Sound room, currently got three. Provided sound services for morning and Sunday and Wednesday night services. We have added the YouTube and Facebook Live again, as we've talked about earlier. It's been a blessing to be able to reach out to those folks that are not able to come to church through Facebook through YouTube. It's been a curse to have Facebook and YouTube because we can sit up late and watch a ball game and decide I'm going to sleep in early and listen, I'll just catch church in my jammies and watch Facebook. The pandemic caused us to do that too. Pandemic's gone. Music department. Harold mentioned that. Sue Ann and Chris. Tony does a great job. We could use more people. I don't I don't play the piano. I I admire people who can do that. I don't have that kind of dexterity in my fingers and the ability to read music. But if you're a pianist and you would like to become engaged in the worship here. We have all opportunities for people because sometimes Chris can't be here. Sometimes Sue Ann can't be here. Maybe you can sing better than me. That, that's about anybody sitting here, okay, <laughs> that can sing better than I can. Whenever Tony's not able to be here to lead singing, we can always use a backup song leader. I don't care to do it. It's just not my talent, obviously. There's things, and, and Gary, Gary helps out with that, but sometimes Gary can't be here. What I'm saying is there's room for you to serve if you have the desire to serve in this congregation. We have an Operation Christmas Child, like Ernie said, over 300 boxes sent out this year. Always can use help with that. Christmas for the kids at Kiwi, the shopping and that sort of thing, that's a wonderful thing. Trunk or treat is evolving to be as the second biggest activity we have behind the Christmas child, Operation Christmas Child, Trunk or Treat, we are engaged with more people actually with Trunk or Treat than Vacation Bible School. And what we need to do is when we get those hundred or so kids coming through here for Trunk or Treat, we need to get those hundred or so kids in here in June or July for Vacation Bible School. So that we can get them in here for Sunday school as we go pick them up on the bus because mom and dad won't bring them. You catching the drift? We've disengaged from the activities that we were just doing a few short years ago. It's become normal. Kitchen staff, like Harold said, do a great job. Not only for our holiday meals, but they continue to serve whenever it's a uh, a funeral or special occasion of some sort. Do a great job. We appreciate all of their work. They can use help. They can use help. And then, of course, the board, deacons and elders, qualified men. The call is there. Not from me, but if it is there from the Lord for you to serve, then why would you hold back from serving? Why would you hold back? 14 areas I just included there. 14 areas that we can serve in this congregation and re-engage as a church because every one of us has experienced disengagement. We may not. 
Well, let me just ask you this. Do you order your groceries online on your cell phone? Try to pick them up at your prescribed time to be there between six and seven? You've changed. Nearly unheard of prior to the pandemic for you to call in your grocery order and have some teenager walk through and pick out your groceries for you. Now you think about that. You think about turning a 16 or 17 year old kid loose to go pick out your groceries. We used to would not even dream of letting that happen, but now it's normal. What about food? We used to go out and eat, didn't we? But what we do now is we do one of two things. We either call it in and we go sit in that parking space and we tell them what number I'm sitting in, or we door dash them. Let some stranger that I've never met in my life handle my food and bring it to my house. What if I eat my french fry? I don't want them in my bag of french fries. And I'm not knocking people that do that. I'm just saying, that's how much we've disengaged, folks. We've disengaged to where we don't go shop for our groceries. We don't go out to eat. We allow ourselves to be pigeonholed into this, okay, I need to disengage from society because there's something wrong that means... But listen, have you ever thought about Christian? Think about the conflict there. Christians disengaging from society. Would Christ not be aghast? Do we not think that he's not thinking, what are they thinking? Because as Christians, what did Jesus do? Did he disengage? No, he engaged people. He engaged people with leprosy. Still no cure for leprosy, by the way. He engaged people with leprosy. He engaged people that had all sorts of issues, both some kind of societal issue or a physical issue. Jesus engaged. He didn't pull back. He continued to push forward. And that's all I'm saying. And I don't mean to offend or, or hurt anyone's feelings, but I just want you to consider, do I need to re-engage? Have I allowed the events, and I'm not diminishing them, okay? I'm not diminishing what we went through because I went through it with you. Remember, I was here. I'm not diminishing that, but I'm just saying, isn't it time that we re-engage this year and continue to move forward again now that we've paused? We'll, call it, we'll be kind to call it pause. It's time to hit play. we got a great group of people here. we got a great group of activities and things that we support. We serve a mighty God. We are, you are wonderful people to work with and work for and to serve. Let's re-engage and engage our community. And that begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to know Jesus Christ as your Savior to serve God. You have to hear the word and believe it. And once you do that, you have to be willing to confess Him as your Savior and repent and confess your sins and be buried with Him in baptism. Raise that new creation having received the, the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, then what do you do? You move forward serving, engaging, being Christ, being that light in a world that we know is full of darkness, full of distractions, full of things that make people sit and worry about tomorrow full of things that we have little to no control over individually. But I do have control over one thing, my relationship with God. And that's my source of power. 
That's my source of comfort. That's my source of joy is that relationship. And when you don't have that, you are cut off from that. And maybe you're a Christian and you realize, you know what? He's made a little bit of sense this morning. I need to get myself back engaged as God will have me to be engaged. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. Jesus is calling, and he is calling. He's calling every one of us. We're going to sing the second and the fourth verse. If you have a decision to make, I want to encourage you to come as we stand and sing. Thank you.